Exodus chapter 12. Y'all open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 12. Your Bibles, iPhones, iPads, whatever you got. It says this right here. Exodus chapter 12. You ready? Starting in verse 3. It says, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying this. On the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small, notice this. Amen? I want you to notice this. It says, if the, if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house. Everybody say, get your neighbor. Everybody say, get your neighbor. Thank you. Thank you. He says, let, let him share with his neighbor next to his house, taking it according to the number of persons, according to each man's needs, you shall make your count for the lamb. Amen. Now, I love that phrase. If the household or your home or your family is too small for the lamb, it never says if your family is too big for the lamb. Y'all missed it. You missed it. It never says if your family, you never find them saying that. That if your family is too big for the lamb because the lamb, which is a type of Jesus, there is nothing in your home and there is nothing in your family and there is nothing going on in your life that is too big for the lamb. Amen. You got to understand this. There is nothing in your life, in your family or in your home that is too big for the lamb and you've got to get a hold of that. Amen. Nothing. And he said, as a matter of fact, the lamb is so powerful that he's more than enough. <laughs> Thank you for that rousing applause. I did it. And listen to this. And what he gives us in this chapter is instructions for the Passover meal. Do y'all understand this? The plagues had ended. Everything had ended. Pharaoh had already agreed. This is what we talked about. Y'all remember me talking about this. Pharaoh had already agreed to let the people go, and the Lord institutes the Passover meal, right? And he says, I want you, for the first time, God himself instituted this, and it, the, the Passover, and it's what we call under the new covenant, Holy Communion. And we're going to take communion together at the end of this service. Amen? Amen. We're going to take communion together. But he said, what I want you to do is he said, I want you to prepare this meal. And listen, he gives such specific instructions on how to, on, on how to prepare this meal. You got to read it. Read Exodus chapter 12. And I've talked about it. I've preached about this. Y'all remember I've preached on the Lord's table and, and all this stuff. But he gives specific instructions. He says, now I'm going to tell you how to cook it. Amen. He says, I don't want you to eat it raw. And I don't want you to water down the lamb. That's literally what he said. Don't water down the lamb. Amen. He says, I don't want you talking all this universal stuff that no matter what religion you follow, you don't follow down the lamb. And you don't water down the lamb. You hear me? You don't talk about all these little other places that are all these other religions. Any, meeny, miny, mo, they'll all get you to heaven. No, they will not. There is only one lamb. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. I am here to tell you. Amen. You got to let him have that. There's only one lamb. He said, as a matter of fact, don't water. He said, don't even boil it. Don't, eat, don't even put water with it. Read it. There's only one lamb. 
He says, as a matter of fact, roast it on fire. Because when you serve the lamb, you better serve it up hot. <laughs> Woo! He says, when you're preaching the word, you better preach the word hot and let the chips fall where they may. Don't matter. Preach the word. He said, you serve it hot. Roast the lamb on fire and serve it hot. Listen. And then he even told them what to do with the bones. You got to read it. But what I want you to see is he said, if your house is too small. And then after you've eaten, listen, he says this. He actually tells them Exodus 12, 7, look at this. They shall take the blood of the lamb, listen carefully, put it on the doorpost, put it on the lintel, put it on the header of your home so that when the destroyer passes through, he'll pass over your house. Amen. That was the beginning of their exodus out of Egypt, right? He says, when the destroyer passes through, they pass over because you have applied the blood of the lamb over your house. And then he says, you are to take the lamb and you're to eat it, all of it. None of it's to be wasted. Thank you. He says you're to eat it, all of it. None of it's to be wasted. And that's where the verse comes in. If your house is too small to eat the lamb, everybody say, go get your neighbor. If your house is too small and you can't eat it all, if your family's big enough that they can't consume it, and he said, make sure that you're eating the lamb, and then when your belly is full, he says, after you've ate the meat of the lamb, he says, then you're to go get a to-go box, and you're supposed to take it to your neighbors. Yeah. Amen. you got to understand how important this is. He says, when you eat it all, that you can eat. When you get the blood on your house, and don't you dare think that the lamb's not enough for your family. Amen. Don't you dare think that the lamb's not enough for your family. I don't care what kind of situation you're facing. I don't care what kind of situation your marriage is in. I don't care what kind of situation your children are in. I don't care what kind of addictions you're in. He said the lamb is enough and it's more than enough. He said it's more than enough. And he says, I want you, listen, once you get full of the lamb, he says, and you put the blood on your doorpost. Again, that got him out of Egypt. Y'all follow me? Are y'all following me? He says, you got to, listen, you got to understand this. They had been in bondage for over 400 years. Amen. And God said, this night, on this night, when you eat this meal, he said, you better keep your shoes on your feet. <laughs> he says, you better keep your shoes on your feet. He said, because I'm getting you out of here. You're going to eat this meal, and this is what's going to start you out of Egypt. He said, because I'm going to do something that is going to astound you. I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind. He says, you keep your shoes on your feet. I'm going to get you out of here. Listen, I know you've been in this situation. I know you've been in this addiction for a long time. I know you've been in this bondage for a long time. I know that you've been a slave to something that it was bound your grandparents and your parents. It's generational. Now you're bound by it. But what I'm about to do through the lamb, Jesus said. What I'm about to do through the lamb. Oh, it's so powerful. You've got to understand this. It's so powerful. They came out through the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> and then they came out full of the Lamb. <sighs> then they came out full of the Lamb. He said, before you leave, 
and you start making your way out of Egypt, he says, I want you to get some of that lamb. And if you can't consume it all, if you can't eat it all, it's too good to keep to yourself. This is too good to keep to yourself. Say, get your neighbor. Everybody say, get your neighbor. And share the lamb. Come on. He says, go and share the goodness. What the blood did for you and what the meat in the, your belly did for you and the power of this meal to bring you out of bondage and slavery and sin and Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin and a type of the world. And he says, I want you to not keep it to yourself. He said, don't waste it. But I promise you, the same lamb that got you out can get them out. The same lamb that got you out can get your friends out too. It can get your family out too. All you got to do is share it. You got to take it to them. Listen, all you got to do is get the lamb in your house. You got to get full of it, and then you got to share it. If I had the cure to cancer and kept it to myself, if I had the cure to diabetes and I kept it to myself, you got the cure to everything that's laying on your nightstand next to your bed. You know. You better open this book. I'm here to tell you, God has ordained it. And that's how God's process was to get them out of Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin. Egypt is a type of addiction. Egypt is a type of dysfunction, a type of depression, a type of despair and sickness and mental illness and hopelessness and, and all of it. And he said the way out is by the Lamb. All of it. The Lamb. I appreciate every program. I appreciate every system and, and strategy and, 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 and all this stuff, programs, it's all necessary. Anything that can help somebody get out of something that's destroying their lives. I love it. But I am here to tell you right now, none of that works if you don't have the blood of the lamb applied to your house. If you don't have the blood of the lamb applied, to, none of that works. It is by the blood and only by the blood. Amen. The bottom line. You'll never get out. Your family will never get out until you turn completely to the Lamb. You have to turn to the Lamb. You say, Lord, I need your blood and I need to be full of you. And the Bible says when you're full, what? Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Woo, you missed it. You got to get full of it. Amen. You got to get full of it. Flows river of flowing. He said, listen, get the blood on your doorpost. That's the outside. Spiritually speaking, get saved. Some of y'all going to do that in a minute. He said, get saved. And then get the lamb in your belly. He says, get full of the spirit of the lamb. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You got to get full of it. But I'm going to tell you, I still believe that God can set people free. I'm here to tell you right now that the Holy Spirit can still do today what he did all that time ago. I'm old-fashioned, y'all. And I still believe that the Holy Spirit can set you free. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just here to tell you. <laughs> Woo! God can do it. God can do it. The way out, the only way out of a messed up life is by the Lamb. You get that? I'm going to preach it till I die. I still believe there's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, y'all. I still believe there's power in it. I still believe that there's power in the Lamb that can get your marriage out of problems, can get your family free. It can set your children free. The blood of the Lamb can bring you out of shame and condemnation and failure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I still believe that. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. Put it on the doorposts. And then he said, after you've eaten all you can eat. You know what? That's why restoration, that's why we do what we do. Because we're full of the lamb. You should all be shouting. That's why restoration does what we do. Because we're full of the lamb. And we want to get full of the lamb. And then we want to take the lamb to Guatemala. We want to take it to Greece. We want to take it to our community. Amen. We want to get full of the lamb. It's too good to keep to yourself. This is too good to keep to yourself. It's too good to just partake and say, well, it's a shame there's people around us that are hungry. We're eating the lamb and we're just holding it to ourselves and there's people starving all around you. You got to share the lamb with people. You got to tell them your story. You got to say, I can't answer for other people, but I can tell you how I quit. I can tell you how I got off dope. I can tell you how I got my life together. I can't speak for them, but I can tell you what saved my marriage. You got to get full of the lamb. Amen. And then you got to share it. Then you got to share it. I met the lamb. The lamb filled me up with life again. Brought me out of that darkness. Can you give him a shout of praise if you believe he can still do it? Amen. He can still do it. The lamb slain is enough. The cross of Calvary is enough. The name of Jesus is enough. And the blood of the lamb is still enough in 2023. Amen. It's still enough. Hallelujah. Get full of the lamb. And then ask yourself this question. What am I going to do with the leftovers? I'm going to tell you what you're going to do with them. You're going to turn your mess into a message and a testimony. And you're going to take it to other people who are hurting just like you hurt. And then you're going to have compassion and love for them. Because you've been through what they're going through. Amen. you got to share the lamb. The lamb will give you a way out. It will give them a way out. It gives everybody a way out. Amen. The lamb is the way. And you know, that's how God said they would get out. It's through the lamb. And there's an interesting verse in Genesis. I want you to see this. When Joseph was meeting with his brothers, who tried to kill him, by the way, and he forgave them. I don't know the story. He said, now you're about to come to Egypt and live. He said, because... The famine is about to destroy everything. You're going to come to Egypt and live. He said, but when you, when you get here, God's really going to bless you. He says, but you're going to go in front of Pharaoh for your interview. And Pharaoh's going to ask you, what is your occupation? He said in Genesis 46, 34. 
Joseph tells him, he says, you tell him that you are a herdsman. See, you tell him that you are a herdsman, that your occupation has been with livestock from your youth. Don't you dare tell him you're a shepherd even though you're a shepherd. Now listen, he told him to lie. He shouldn't have done that. Amen. Church, he told him to lie. To liars in here. <laughs> I got one amen out of that. Thank God y'all are in church. <laughs> Hallelujah. He told him not to lie, or told him to lie. He shouldn't have done that, y'all. Listen, here's what he told him. He, he, said, he said, you tell him because the Egyptians, right here, every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Amen. amen. I'm going to tell you why. Egypt, a type of the world, hates shepherds. And he says, listen, you're going to have to conceal. We're always going to have shepherds. We're always going to need shepherds. Amen. He says we're always going to need shepherds because there's always going to be some lambs. Because one day, the only way out of Egypt is going to be through the blood of the lamb. And so I got to keep some shepherds. But think he said Egypt, a type of the world here, the world is going to hate shepherds. Amen. They hate them. It's abomination for anybody to be a shepherd. They only want herdsmen. That's what it says. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. See that? I'll tell you, bro. And I'm going to preach for just a minute. Because we're living in an environment that hates preachers. The Egyptians, the world, the sin, they hate shepherds. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when it says they're only after your money, and they're a bunch of charlatans, or they're this or they're that, you got to make up your mind. Whether or not a shepherd is important to you and your family. You have to make your mind up and you tell me. If a shepherd is important to you and your family. And when you understand the reason the Egyptians hate shepherds. Is because shepherds connect people to the lamb. Without shepherds, people don't get introduced to the lamb. And I'm here to tell you. You got shepherds here that are going to introduce you to the lamb. Amen. I am here to tell you, you got shepherds that are going to introduce you to the lamb this morning. You can live in your defeat. You can live in your despair. Or you can get connected to the answer that can get you out of there. Amen. You can break the curse off your family. You can see God do things that you thought completely impossible. I believe this book above anything I see or hear. I believe this book. And I still believe that the lamb is the way out. And the lamb is Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain and takes away the sin of the world. I still believe it. You've got to get full of the lamb. Hallelujah. Hey, church, can we get full of the lamb here? Amen. We don't keep that to ourselves. Take it to the community. It's too good. It's too good. We got to share with our brothers and sisters. Christmas season is here. Mary had a little lamb. Let's share it. Let's share it. That's what it's all about. Let's take the lamb to the community. He's always enough. Matter of fact, he's more than enough. Amen. There's enough lamb in Restoration Church this morning in this service right here to bring you out. 
And I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I want to tell you, you don't have to live it anymore. You don't have to walk in it anymore. You don't have to be defeated anymore. You can get out of that in Jesus' name. The Lamb is enough for you. Amen. You know, the idea that the Lamb is more than enough comes from 1 Peter. I want you to look at this in, in chapter 1, verse 19. The precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or spot, that was slain before the foundation of the world, before the world was ever in the condition that it's in right now. I, I, I'm not going to go down this rabbit trail because we ain't got enough time. But that's why from the foundation of the world, from the garden, the enemy has been trying to destroy the bloodline. From day one. I want to tell you that you don't have to live in it anymore. You don't have to. Do, listen to me. Verse 19, I want you to see this. It says, the precious blood of Jesus Christ without blemish or spot that was slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb at the very beginning was already enough. Do you understand that? God knew from the very beginning that the lamb was going to be enough before the world was ever in the condition it is in. When he says, let there be light, there was the lamb. Amen? God had the plan. And the words that he spoke, they are still true today. He's the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Amen? When Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, the Bible says in Genesis 3.21 that God slew an animal. And it says he made tunics of skin and covered their nakedness. I want you to see this. It says he made tonics of skin. He had to slide. You, you take the skin off an animal, what happens to it? Okay, just make sure we're all. God had to slew an animal and make tonics of skin and covered their nakedness. And that lamb that covered them, I want you to understand, it didn't just cover Adam and Eve because the next generation in their family was Cain and Abel, and they had a fight, and Cain killed Abel. He killed his brother. And the Bible says that God was in a society at that time that it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If you murder someone, you had to die. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, that the lamb was more than enough because God should have killed Cain, but he didn't because the blood of the lamb. And God said, I'll mark him, but I'm not going to kill him. I'll give him mercy. He deserves judgment, but I'm going to give him mercy. Thank you. Because there's a lamb in that house. Listen, Abraham's taking little Isaac up Mount Moriah. Y'all following me? He's taking little Isaac right up Mount Moriah and they get to the top. And the little boy says in Genesis 22, he says this, Dad, I see the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? And Abraham said, my son, God himself whoo, will prepare the lamb, will provide the lamb. God himself. And I want you to know that God provided what they needed and the scripture says that it wasn't just enough for Abraham and for little Isaac, but his son Jacob. And then there came a moment when one of the nephews named Lot, Lot should have never been in Sodom and Gomorrah. He had no business over there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Yeah. 
And the blood of the lamb wasn't just enough for little Isaac and little Jacob, but it was for little nephew Lot too because God told him, get out of there. Amen. The stench of sin on that, he was going to consume them with fire. And because, because like I said, the lamb was enough, God sent an angel and led Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Listen, don't tell me your family's too far gone. Come on. Don't tell me your family's too far gone. The blood is enough. There's more than enough to save. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care with their addictions, with their drugs, with anything. I'm telling you, the lamb is mightier. Amen. Our lamb and his blood cannot be conquered. We are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Thank you. There's already lamb prepared. There's already lamb prepared. You see, Abel's blood was innocent blood. And when God saw that blood, he looked beyond that moment. He saw the innocent blood of Jesus Christ. God did not see the murder. God saw the solution to the murder. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. He didn't see the murder. He saw the solution to the murder. Adam fell. I don't, you know what? I want to tell you something. Sometimes you can't get over that moment in your life when you messed up. Sometimes you can't get over those moments and those things or you did something that broke so many people. But I want to tell you right now that when God looks at you, he looks beyond that moment and he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Adam fell. But the lamb was still enough. Cain fell, but the lamb was still enough. Abraham and his family and Lot fell, but the blood of the lamb was still enough. The leftover lamb was still enough for their family. And when you read the New Testament, you find this leftover lamb, Jesus. He's walking and he's preaching and he performs a miracle on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees wanted to stone him to death. The people were so angry at him. And the Bible says that he supernaturally passed right through the crowd. Read it. The Bible says they couldn't touch him because they had to fulfill the prophecy. No hand would be laid on. But he's in the crowd. He's preaching. He heals on the Sabbath and they want to kill him. And the Bible says that he supernaturally passed right through the crowd. And he walks into another city and he goes there and they bring to him a woman caught in the very act of adultery. Barely clothed. She's thrown down at the feet of Jesus. She's ashamed. She's embarrassed. She's humiliated. And the Pharisees pick up the rocks. And they said, Moses and the law says to stone her. But watch the lamb. Watch the lamb. He said, they tried to do that in the last city I was in. And they couldn't stone me. He said, and now that the lamb's standing here, they ain't going to stone her neither. Come on, somebody. He said, because the lamb's standing here... They're not going to stone her neither. And he says in John 8, 7, He who is without sin, let him throw a stone at her first. And every one of them dropped the rocks. And Jesus looked at her and said, Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I 
condemn you. And I'm here to tell you, you better not be condemning people. We need to drop our rocks and get off our holy high horses. Who do we think we are? We need to understand that without the Lamb, we're nothing. Without the Lamb, our righteousness is as filthy rags. You need to get off your holy high horse. You can't give your way into heaven. You can't buy your way into heaven. There's only one way and one lamb, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to show you something. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I want to show you something. Listen, we're going to take communion here in a minute. But I want you to see this. John is on the island of Patmos. He had ate the last Passover meal with Jesus in the upper room. So many things had happened since that meal. Jesus had been crucified. Jesus had been butchered on a cross. Jesus had been beaten and spit on and all this. But, but listen, not only that, he was put into a borrowed tomb. He rose from the dead. John was an eyewitness to all of this. Okay? But now they've arrested him. They tried to boil him to death, by the way. He was the only disciple not martyred. I know I've talked about this, but there's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. you got to read it. It says that they boiled him so bad in hot oil that he had third-degree burns and had no hair on his body. He was completely marred and scarred. you got to read it. But God wasn't through with him. But God wasn't through with him. Death can't kill what won't die. Death can't kill what won't die. If he's the resurrection and the life, that's true of your home. That's true of your marriage. That's true of the promise of God. Satan says it's over. Can I tell you it's never over when the lamb is involved. Yes. Amen. John's on the island of Patmos. He says, I'm caught up in the spirit. And all of a sudden a voice said, come up here. We preached about it. And in Revelation 5, he said this. He said they were searching frantically in heaven, trying to find someone. They're, they're saying there's no one worthy to break the seals. None of them. What about David? No, he's not worthy. What about Abraham? No, he lied. He messed up. What about Samson? No, he messed up. He's not worthy. No man worthy. Then he said in verse 6, Then I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, there stood a lamb. As though he had been slain. I want you to see this. He said, I saw a lamb standing. Standing. Amen. Amen. That had been slain. He was crucified. Woo, you missed it. Here's my point. John was watching the end times. He's writing the book of Revelations. He's seeing it all. He's seeing the plagues. He's seeing the tribulation. He's seeing the rapture. He's seeing the antichrist. He's seeing the beast. He's seeing all of this stuff. He's seeing the evil. He's the one that gives us all of these insights. He's seeing everything. But the one 
central message that he is sending to you is I see a lamb still standing. Still standing. Ooh, you got to get a hold of that. He's seeing all of this, but he said that don't matter. Ah, you got to get a hold of it. What I want to show you this morning is the lamb is still enough. In a world that's all messed up, y'all. Look what's going on. Israel, I'm not getting into it. We've already talked about it. The lamb is enough for this generation. The lamb is enough for your marriage. The lamb is enough for your disease. The lamb is enough for your addiction. Your problem's not too big for the lamb. Don't you worry about the lamb being too small to handle your situation. Woo! He said the problem is if your house is too little to handle everything that the lamb's going to do for you. Huh? Ah, y'all missed it again. You can't even handle everything the lamb's going to do for you. <laughs> There's enough for every family, every sinner. The lamb is enough for every backslider. He's enough to restore you, to change you, to transform you. Get full of the lamb and then start giving it away to your neighbor. <laughs> that same lamb that brought you out can bring them out. Amen. Amen. And there doesn't have to be one person leave this room this morning that has to sit in the darkness anymore. Amen. So we're going to take communion. Uh, I know they were getting ready to hand, they were handing out the communion cups as they came in. If you did not get one, I ask you to raise your hand real quick because we're going to do a couple things as the band's coming up. Yeah, raise your hand. Keep them up. We're going to get you some communion here in a minute. <clears throat> Want everybody look at me for a minute? Right here's one right here. He's got his hand up too. <coughs> Excuse me. Want you to look at me for a minute. There's three kinds of churches. There's three kinds of churches. Risk takers, caretakers, and undertakers. The risk takers. A church that is alive keeps taking risks. Keeps sharing the lamb. Amen. Keeps reaching. It doesn't stop. You get full of the lamb and then you start taking it to more people. And they're caretaker churches. They just kind of get to a, a plateau and they stop. And they say, well, we're just going to settle for where we are. Let's not be aggressive. Let's not go for it. And then there are undertaker churches. There's no young people there. There's no baby dedications there. There's no youth group there. I promise you, y'all, we ain't going to have a, a graveyard outside our new church. <laughs> there ain't going to be no cemetery outside our new church, y'all. Amen. Praise God, we need everybody. But this is not an undertaker church. We're not a caretaker church either. We're not a caretaker church because when people are all about themselves and they're all about themselves and they don't care about the lost, they don't care about the hurting, they don't care about the hungry, they don't care about the prisoner, then guess what? Sooner or later they start fighting amongst themselves. God said... 
if restoration will be a risk taker church. If we'll get full of the lamb and have the heart to say, let's go. Let's go. Let's do something else. Let's try something different. Let's reach stronger. May we never become an undertaker church or a caretaker church. May we always be a risk-taking church. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Amen. Stand your feet all around this room for me. And if you're in here this morning, and you know I was preaching to you, and you can feel it, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit right now. Don't push it down. You may never have another opportunity to do this. By the end of the day, every single one of us could be in a casket. This may be your last chance. For you, your family, and go get your neighbor. 